Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Welcome back to Luck on Sunday. Uh, alongside me is uh, Grade 1 winning trainer Ruth Jefferson. She has been on the show all through so far. We chatted about waiting patiently uh, earlier on, but now we're going to chat a little bit more about how things have gone in the last 12 months or so, Ruth. Of course, this time last year, it must have been a very strange period for you. There was a celebration, obviously, of waiting patiently, winning at Ascot, beating Q Card under, under Brian. Um, but it came a day after your your dad's funeral. So how's the, yeah, how's um, the time passed? Yeah, it's 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 um it's had some up in words really I suppose. Um dad was very ill for the final two months before he passed away in February last year. Um very ill. He he, he was only out he was only up the gallops once in that period. Um and he 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 struggled as well. He was very sick that day. Um and I mean although we knew and we all knew that he wasn't um, going to be around much longer. It still comes as a shock. Uh, passed away on the 2nd of February, and um, his funeral was on the 16th, because uh, there was no ju jump racing in the north that year. Um, and then we're down here at Ascot on the 17th, waiting patiently. And um, I suppose Dad's attitude to life was that life always goes on when things go wrong or, or people pass away. And, um, you know, it, I suppose it was nice to have something good happen at a time when a lot of what was happening wasn't good mm. and and was it also i guess uh, a bit of comfort that the horse that he believed in that you believed in delivered at the <laughs> yeah. highest level like i say the last two months he wasn't very well and i was um training his horses he was leaving me to it um which meant he in his world it was well he told me he wasn't going to interfere but that lasted about 48 <laughs> hours um and you know, we'd missed a couple of races because the horse hadn't been very well. He'd had a head cold and we gave him a bit of long time. And remember when we went to Kempton and um, and he won and then the listed race and then the Ascot chase was a, a logical step, really. So came back and Dad was like, I could win a grade one. And I was like, oh, grade ones are hard to win. And then <laughs> a week later, I was like, do you know, maybe you could win a grade one. He's like, no, no, grade ones, you can't win a grade one that easily. And, um, <laughs> you know, we, t we to and throwed it between us what, what sort of chance he had. But I think he'd have been um, very pleased, yeah. very pleased had he been there. Uh, to, I don't want this to come over in the wrong manner, but because obviously you're missing, you, you'll miss your dad. But from the, 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 the training perspective, how much do you, do you miss his presence? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because um, we'd worked alongside each other uh, for quite a while and um, watching Sam's interview, we have a similar relationship that Sam and I had, that me and Malcolm had, um, in that we disagreed vocally <laughs> if we disagreed and if we agreed, that was fine. Um, it's hard to say because you don't have a sounding board, but at the same time, it means you have to trust your own judgment. Um, you know, there's no, there's no passing the book. Um, had he prepared you to do that? To, yeah. to trust your own judgment. I'm not sure. I'd, I don't know if he's prepared me or not. Really, it's hard to say. But we're both pretty um, strongly opinionated, and both quite stubborn. So I think <laughs> when you are opinionated and quite stubborn, you go with your own instincts, don't you? And if you yeah. if you don't think something's right, then generally I think you should just just not do it. Yeah. Um, if you're happy with everything, then have a go. Just in the genes, then you just yeah, it must off, just be genetic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's mum's fault. We blame neither of us. <laughs> Take your pick. Uh, but great to get get off the mark with a horse like waiting patiently. I mean, what what a horse to have! <laughs> Very uh, lucky to have him. Very yeah. lucky to have him. Um, we retired. Uh, we obviously inherited him when Q 
Keith Reevely retired and um, you know since since then and he, since he went chasing and chasing was his game wasn't it and he's improved yeah. from strength to strength and you know we're very lucky that Richard Collins had the faith in us that we kept him you know because every yard needs a good horse and you know we're very lucky to have him. Yeah, um, we've spoken about yesterday already and the fact that you know no excuses for him yesterday. Yeah. Ignoring surname, because we've got to take him out of the equation. As Paul said, he could just be extra special, so that's fine. But what sort of what sort of plan would you have with waiting patiently for the future? Sort of long-term thinking. I know that you've got options, Ryanair, Aintree, etc. next. But do, do, you, do you think that he's a horse that can be compa- campaigned, you know, a, a rigorous campaign for the season? How important is it for him to have perfect conditions before you want to let him run? Um... I mean, the conditions weren't really what I would call perfect yesterday, and, and we let him take his chance. I'm not sure I'd chance him again on that ground. Um, right. It was a lot quicker than we had certainly ran him on, and I mean, thankfully, he's all right this morning. Um, but at times, he didn't look entirely comfortable, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I think he ran his race. Um, I think he's probably a horse that's better on softer ground because he handles it better than a lot of other horses handle heavy, soft ground. Um, I certainly... Don't feel that getting beat yesterday makes him suddenly not a good horse. I still think he's a very good horse. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, we tried. We were trying three miles in the King George um, and didn't get far enough. It's it's difficult to say on yesterday's race that we want three miles. Mm. Um, you know, and we'll just go away and think about it. But there's races there, but I would much prefer to have him back on soft. Um, I think he's a happier horse on soft ground. Would you try the King George again if the ground came up soft? Possibly. I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to rule it out. Um, mm. Definitely not, because you should never rule anything in or out. Um, but it's it's difficult to say, isn't it, based on yesterday. You wouldn't say he was crying out for a step-up in trip, whereas no. last year you would have said he handled a trip beautifully. But yeah. then again, it was his first full race of the season. And, yeah. um, you know, things have been different this year, but I'll not rule it out. Yeah, the way he finished the race last year... I think everybody immediately thought the race that would suit him down to the ground would be the King George when he rolled past cue card. Um, but I guess yesterday's race, but maybe if you take out Serna, you're still thinking he's, he's yeah, held but you on can't. well. I mean, I mean, I'd love to take Serna out, <laughs> preferably before the race. <laughs> <laughs> then he'd have won another grade one, but you can't take horses out, can you? It's, it's, it's what um, it is. Y- y- as much as you'd like to, we, we got beaten. Um I, I don't know. I, I thought he ran. I thought he ran fine, but just it was just once or twice. I thought he didn't look as comfortable as he can look, and you know he he was taking on horses that had ran a lot this season and and things like that. But yeah. I think he still ran a very good race. Which so it's possible that he square. he could come on for that run. This I don't think he'll come on for fitness. He wasn't blowing, but he might come on just purely for um, the experience of having the race. Okay. Um, talk just. We'll talk more about some of the good horses that you've got in just a moment. Just a bit about your grounding, because of course part of your grounding came at a time when your your dad had uh, one of one of the smartest hurdlers we've seen uh, in in Dato Star, who you had uh, quite a bit to do with. Uh, if I'm no, right. no, no, I, I did a little bit. Um, I was I would be what year was it? He won the you champion sat, you, bumper you, in '95, didn't he? Yeah. I used to do road work because we used to do road work because right. um, we don't yeah. do it anymore because there's too much traffic. So in 95, I'd probably be about uh, 12. No, okay. I'd just been older than that. <laughs> Until his school, 98, 16. I must be about 14. So, yeah, I used to do his road work okay. um, in my school holidays. Um, but I was what never allowed to canter. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. Tullamore Toff, Dato Star and King's Measure. Oh, there, weren't three bad, there weren't three bad horses to go trot up the road. 
and very safe rides. Um, I was never allowed to country him, and in fairness, that was probably a good idea. He <laughs> was keen at home. He was mm. one of them really active horses that yeah. took a grip up the gallops, and I'd never have stopped. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I used to do that. I used to take him racing a lot, lead him up a lot. Yeah. Um, led him up when he won his Christmas hurdle. Well, we'll take a look. before we get to Christmas, just tell, tell me about when he went to, to Cheltenham uh, for the bumper uh, and what, what the feeling was like and, and what sort of confidence well, he, the, the team had. We bought him in May um, for 4,200 guineas at the Doncaster Star Sale and it was a, an accordion which was an unraced stallion. It was his first crop of three-year-olds yeah. and he was out of a mare that had never ran. Yeah. Um, fairy something, a fairy king mare. And um, it was just a naturally athletic horse that come to hand quite quickly. And he ran at air, I think it would be New Year. It was a meeting around New Year. Yeah. And he won the bumper, but he won the bumper by about 40-something lengths and never come <laughs> off the bridle on bottomless ground. And yeah. it was it was a bit surreal. Um, right. you know. And then he went to Haydock and he won exactly the same way again. Um, so you couldn't really not go to Cheltenham, but he was just a four-year-old. Yeah. Um, you know, and he won, I think he won by a head, didn't he? Yeah. Never won by very far on good ground. Yeah. Um, you know, but, I mean, you were, <laughs> it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because when a horse has won like that, you're confident, but at the same time, you probably haven't beat an awful lot behind you that's come out and, and Yeah, well, and we're, looking, we're looking at... Uh... I know, it's not something you get to watch very often anymore, yeah. is it? Oh, superb, though. Absolutely. But the second horse was a very good horse as well, wasn't it? Red Blazer of Henrietta Knight. Mm. Uh, absolutely... Oh, just just seeing him now actually sends uh, tingles down the spine because he was a he was the way he raced as well. He travelled so strong. I mean, when you say that, obviously you, you oh, weren't yeah, allowed no, to canter. No, I wasn't allowed to canter. But watching him through his <coughs> races, Jockey always seemed to be sitting, holding on to him because he always wanted looking. He wanted to go that little bit faster. And he was a fast horse. He ran on the flat, didn't he? Yes. He ran in the November handicap. Yeah. Um, one year, I remember that. Um, it was just a fast horse that he needed to hang on to, but he was very quick over his jumps and mm. very accurate over his jumps. Yeah. And um, I mean, in fairness, he must have been a good spin. Whoever was riding, wasn't <laughs> yeah. he? It's all it the was... road work that. that yeah, that it's all the road work. <laughs> um, the, the, the Christmas hurdle, I think, it was nineteen ninety nine. Nine, yeah. Yeah. What what was that experience like coming down to to lead him up at? It was a bit like this year. I spent Christmas Day at Kempton. <laughs> um, we came down the day before. I think we only had him running that year because the following year when he went. The year before or the year after, yeah. we had another horse running, but it was only him that year. Um, and it was lovely, actually, because my dad's brother-in-law, Uncle Joe, had a share. Oh, um, So it was a little yeah. bit more of a family affair yeah. than um, normal, and he, he won it nicely. Yeah. He, I think, if I remember rightly, it's when they used to have the... It was William Hill, was it? No, it was um, Smurfit. Oh, oh, might have been William Hill. I can't remember now. No, it's I think it was Smurfit. 20 years ago, you're testing. Yeah. Okay, Smurfit. Because it was the same people who sponsored Champion Hurdle. Okay. Kappa, isn't it? Smurfit Kappa. Yes. And he's, I think he's, I think it was that one or the one the William Hill girls at Newcastle. He, we didn't want them in the photo, so he just quite how many headbutted them out the way. <laughs> Went in, had his photo he, taken. Well, on, well ahead of his time. Well you know, ahead of the, his time, wasn't having thing. it. Yeah. Um, came in, and I just remember I had to take him out of the winner's enclosure, and there was, I don't know how many photographers, and they said, we well, take a turn and turn him in. And it was like, honestly, it was like a catwalk model. Started at one end and he slowly moved the whole way around to make sure everyone got his good angle. <laughs> and then walked out the braid ring again and I was like, well, you know what you're doing. But it was that sort of horse. He knew, he yeah. knew when people were looking at him and he put on a show. And it, just in, with regards to raw ability, the best horse that your dad? Um, probably. I mean, um, we've had some other good horses yeah. that maybe had problems. He had his problems, but there were never um, stopping problems. I, I think he had to... He had to have a curb pin fired. He had a fribulating right. heart. 
had to go down to Newmarket, have it stopped and restarted. Um, yes. Had a touch of a leg, a touch of a high suspensory, touch of a hind suspensory, maybe a curb or something. So he had his little issues, but um, never stopped him from being. You're always talented. riding these challenges, no matter how, how, whatever level these horses are, they're always testing you. Some horses are more fragile than others, and you're just a case of patching up and, and going on. And you know, some injuries never look, never have another problem with yeah. it. It just depends. What were the other horses that would have been? When you talk about the good ones that your your dad had, what were the other ones that would have been competing with Dato for? I suppose he was probably his proper grade one horse, um, but he had some good handicappers and he had some nice horses. Um, Tindari was his first Cheltenham winner. He got killed in an accident, um, oddly, not a couple of years later, a year after. Um, he got hit by a lorry, you know, which um, wasn't the best of circumstances. Mm. Um, and then Cape Tribulation, he was grade two winner, um, yeah. ran the Gold Cup. Um, and at a glance was a very good handicapper yeah. um, so there's horses about that he had he normally found something that popped up that was a little bit better than yeah. average uh, we might have a look at Cape Tribulation uh, a little closer look uh, at him and he was a horse as you say he, he progressed to ending up you know, through handicaps and ended up in, <clears throat> in a gold cup yeah he'd come to us and he'd been trained for the flat and never ran um, and I remember when we got him he, he wouldn't go at the gallop it was terrible he just used to cling to the rail hang up the rail wouldn't go very fast and everything, and we were like, oh, it was a terrible workhorse, terrible workhorse, <laughs> and um, we didn't think he was any good. <clears throat> Couldn't get him to do anything, and we took him to market raising for a race course gallop. And um, Paul Picard, who was our stable apprentice at the time, rode him, and he could barely hold him, and he couldn't pull him up. He went halfway. He did two miles. We were doing two miles, and he did, um, he must have nearly two and a half, come pull up <laughs> down the back straight. And it's the first time he ever showed anything, but he never showed anything at home. He was the worst workhorse in the yard, and you yeah. had to work him with something either a baby or something equally useless. Yeah. Um, that showed nothing at home. He just, he just wasn't interested in, in doing anything at home, but came alive on the track. Uh, is that the kind of horse that you prefer, the ones that come alive on the track, rather than give you the evidence at home and maybe...? Um, I don't mind what they do at home if they show it on a track. The worst ones are the ones that show a lot at home and then go racing <laughs> and do nothing, and, and you're wondering what you're doing wrong, but they're just morning glories. Um, well, any examples of horses that have done that to no, you? No, I better not name a few. <laughs> <laughs> Might upset someone. Might upset someone. But he was a he was a horse that just didn't show a lot at home, and and that was him. You yeah. know, he just it was an easy ride, and yeah. he, he he wasn't having any of it. What about at a glance? When I say that name, and thinking... at a glance was um, at a glance was a bit like according to Pete in that you know it was a homebred out of a, a mare that the owners had raced, yeah. and you know the. Real feel-good stories, aren't they, that you, yeah, you like to have in racing. Yeah. Um, he never won a bumper. It wasn't the best of rides, actually, when he first come. Um was a bit of a playboy, um, although he was a gelding. He used to spend a lot of time on his back legs and dropping people. He, <laughs> he wasn't very pleasant, um, but turned out one of the best rides in the yard, and most of his family have been the same. Yeah. Um, we, and we, I think, I didn't break at a glance, but I think after that I broke the majority of his siblings, oh, right. right down to the ones we have now, yeah. and... They're all the same. They're not straightforward when you first get them going, and then by the time they've done it, yeah, they're lovely. Yeah. Um, never won a bumper, and I can't think why we ran him. Did we run him? In, we ran him somewhere, and he missed the first. And Ruby Walsh pulled him up about two runs before he went to Cheltenham, and um, probably the best thing that ever happened to him. He then went to, well, he never had a hard race. I can't think what <laughs> race he ran in. He jumped two hurdles and pulled up, and then went to Market Race and won an easy race. Went to Cheltenham and won the boys' race, and then went to Aintree and won yeah. the handicap. Um, was it the Alder Hay, I think it was, yeah. the two and a half mile. Um, but lovely horse, lovely horse, very straightforward, um, very easy to deal with and um, great for his owner, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And you've got his 
half, his half brother, Northern. Have all of them. Uh, all of them. You have, but Northern Sol was the one we were talking about. I mean, because he looks quite, quite. Yeah, he's a lovely horse. He's a big horse. It was, um, it was a rig, so we never gelded him till it was two. Right. And he was a he was a presenting, and he was a big horse. Even at two, he was a big strong horse, and he's just. We've never rushed him because they look strong, but they're not necessarily right. strong. They can they can still still be weak, and um, he finished. It was one of those horses did everything so easily at home. You thought he'd be green, and he got beat ten lengths in his first bump around market raising. And um, you weren't disappointed because he travelled well. The quickened up, he looked completely confused and ran on <laughs> down down the straight. Got beat ten lengths, and we were like, "Oh well, he'll come on for that." And but probably wanted better ground. Right. Um, so we left him for a long time, and then he came out and won his next bumper at market raising, and we were, we were thrilled. Uh, wasn't right when I took him to Carlisle. Turned out in hindsight, and and then won on day after Boxing Day. at Weatherby over two yeah. mile. Well, it's a short two mile at Weatherby, and it wasn't an ideal race, but you know he won it anyway, and his, the form's been frank since. Yeah. So I'm quite pleased with him. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of other horses that I wanted to mention to you. Uh, Mega Yates uh, ran in the listed uh, mayor's hurdle, uh, putting together a, a, a lovely profile at the moment. She is. Yeah, she is. Um, you know, she'd won a point. She's first foal out of the mare. Um, she's by Yates out of presenting mare, and the mare was unraced. Um, from the family Snoopy Loopy um, and she was a first foal and she was bought by people uh, a syndicate in Ireland and she went and trained by Monbeg Donica Doyle yeah. um, won a first point to point um, came to the sales she cost 60 grand um, which isn't neither cheap nor expensive in, yeah. in this day and age um, and she's she's the most straightforward filly we've ever had um, that's been talented. A lot of straightforward fillies aren't very talented. <laughs> um, they normally need a quirk, but this yeah. doesn't have a quirk anywhere. She's she's the ultimate professional. She just takes everything in a stride. We, we rode her for a bit when she come and then turned her out to grass. She's come in. Was never planning on running her in a bumper. Because um, although she sort of showed enough speed for a bumper at home, mm. I didn't feel she was really going to benefit from one. But it never, it never rained, so I couldn't school on grass and... You know, I like to school on grass before the run, right. so we took her to Carlisle and she won that. And then she was going hurdling, but it still never rained, so I took her to Cheltenham for the listed bumper. And I thought she put up a really good performance yeah. that day. Yeah. She's very tough and very brave. Um, from third horse has won. Yeah. Um, Alan King's horse been placed again in another listed bumper against the boys, and I think the form of the race is quite good. She won her first hurdle on Boxing Day at Weatherby. Um, which on paper you'd have expected her to do. Mm. Uh, the second horse has come out and won since. Um, there's a few come out of her first bumper and won as well up at Carlisle. So the farm around is strong and it was a big ask yesterday. The winner was nine, the second horse was seven. And the four-year-old of Nicky Henderson's found life a bit tough yes. out of juvenile company. But look, she put up a really good performance. Um, you know, she did only have a flu jab last week and I don't right. think it affected her. Um, I think she just probably got out battled by two slightly physically stronger horses but she ran a nice race yeah. she had a little blow afterwards and she'll come on for that a horse i'm uh, particularly excited to see what happens to him next is buster valentine uh who won a couple of races then you decided to to head to cheltenham uh for the ballymore uh and uh obviously the it's it's a, it was going to be a quality race how how well do you think he acquitted himself um it was a tough one, Buster, because he'd come and he'd won his point. He's, he's six now. He's a year older than Meg. Um, he won his point as a five-year-old and, and cost quite a bit. Um, and he came and he went back to Ireland and then come back to us and just took a little time to settle in. 
um, settle into the routine and then he managed, I think he must have got himself cast or something because right. he was all wrong one morning and a tad lame and took him to Batman and he had to have a couple of easy weeks and his prep just was slow coming um, and probably didn't matter. So by the time I ran him, the ground had come heavy. So I was always going to start him at two and a half mile and I didn't. Took him up to air for a two mile race. On paper, yeah. wasn't a very good race and he won yeah. it very well. Um, idled a bit in front. Uh, so then stepped him up to two and a half around Newcastle against a couple of horses that had quite good form. Um, and again, it just wasn't a gallop. The, the hacked around and then yeah. and then it turned into a bit of a sprint. And he won his race, um, which is great, but we learned absolutely nothing about him. He'd won two novice hurdles. I didn't know what his best trip was, what he wanted or anything else. It was it just won um, without really learning a lot. So I said, well, the owners are big fans of Cheltenham. And I said, look, if we're going to go to Cheltenham, we, we, we might bet going early and, and just letting him have a go around and seeing if he even handles the track. Yeah. Um, he handled the track and I thought Leighton Aspel gave him a great ride um, he really made he really grabbed hold of him yeah. and said come on you um, and he looked at one point like he was just going to fade out of it completely mm. and stayed on well yeah if Ollie Murphy's horse brewing up a storm and stood up we'd have been third but it's a jump race isn't it we finished yeah. second we were well beaten but yeah. um, I, I don't mind that I don't think he's ready for Cheltenham yet but he's learnt a lot from that race yeah. um, and it, it's not going to stop him being a useful horse no, he's definitely exciting. Uh, and speaking of learning a lot, obviously you've had 12 months now, uh, you know, since waiting patiently to win in the, in the grade one and 12 months have passed. What have you learned now that you're in complete control uh, of, the, of the yard at, at Moulton? Uh, depends who you ask, really. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. <laughs> um, no, we, I came into the back of it last year because I took over the licence in February. So I had um, February, March, April, my first season last year. Um, and we weren't having a vintage year. We were, the winners were slow coming and, you know, everything was bottomless and the horses weren't firing as such. Um, so we just had the three winners. Um, Cyrus won the Mar Battle, won the Ascot Chase and then yeah. Northern Soul won the Bumper. Um, and then we had the change of season and the next first three winners in April in the beginning of May, we're all winners. So I thought, well, that's all right. We've matched last season's total. Anything after this is a bonus. Um, and it was just, you know, it's the same thing. as the training's not, um, I'm going to say, well, it is difficult, but not difficult. It's, it, it, it's as easy or as hard as you can make it. And it depends on what, what pressures you've got from outside influences yeah. and, and other people and your owners and things. But if you can put your horse first and just run when you think your horse is right, the conditions are right, and you've got a good chance, then generally your horse will run well and if it doesn't there's normally a reason um you know but it's um just give horses time mm. if you give them time and run them when they're right and things are in the favor then generally they'll run well and everyone's happy mm. um you know the yard we have a routine in the yard people tend to pick it up quite fast um, right. tina who is the head girl now she um she's been with us for 18 years she knows exactly how we like things done and you know if i was rushed into hospital for a week nothing would fall apart because she would just know exactly what right. she's doing and and that's how you want, you know, we've got a good team of staff and everything else. So, yeah. You seem really grounded, feet on the floor, <laughs> taking everything, uh, uh, I guess, in the manner that your, your dad, you learned from him. Um, if you, so you, obviously you mentioned uh, Cyrus. Uh, there was also Cloudy Dream. You, you don't train those horses anymore. Do you deal with that calmly and say, well, it is what it is. They've gone. We move on. We've got horses that we concentrate on and we, we look forward well, you have to remember that an awful lot of things are outside of your own control, aren't they? What other people decide to do is outside of your control. Um, and the owners of those horses felt that their horses, you know, they wanted to move their horses and, you know, fair play to them and good luck to them and all the rest. Um, 
you know, and we always knew, and, you know, Dad and I had always said that some people will support you and some people won't, and, and that's just the way it goes, isn't it? We were expecting that some people wouldn't support us. Um, and you can't spend your whole time worrying about what's, what's not there anymore. You've just got to... It's like losing a good horse, isn't it? You're devastated. You know, if one's injured and or fatally injured, you know, you're devastated, aren't you? But you can't yeah. spend your whole time thinking about it. You've just got to move on. And what we've always had is without always having grade one horses, we've always had good horses and we have a nice standard of horses. You know, we're not, um, I'm not training 30, not to 100 horses mm. that you're struggling to win races with. I'm, I'm training 30 quite nice horses and mm. that should win races. So to be honest, I'm in probably quite a good position and I, I'm not complaining about it. And training them brilliantly. Uh, Ruth, thank you. It's about brilliantly, uh, but we're doing okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Buster <laughs> Valentine's going to win you a grade one down the line. Hopefully. One day. Hopefully. Fences. Chase. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiwell Dubai.